Welcome to Lord Clark and Friends, Episode 5, Part 3. Comparing and contrasting the uh, our in-game economies or game economies to real-world economies, because I, one of the things I've noticed is that different games have different economies, you know, and you can be trading their money like real currency. Right. Well, you know, I, I think some of the results, it was, it was carryover, um... And it's kind of funny because you get so involved in into these economies, and as well as aspect, social aspect of the game, and you're like, right. oh well, you know, if you have a trade channel in a game, and LF means looking for, and LFG means looking for group, you're looking right. for a group of people to group up with. Well, I was walking around this morning, half awake looking for my keys to get to work. And I was like, LF keys, LF keys, walk around the house, LF keys. <laughs> like, wow, okay, maybe I have been playing a little bit too much. But right. what, one thing I've uh, you know started to think about is, well, in the game, just like in real life, people will take bribes. People will do things for either some sort of skill up or service or item that they want to get from you or or some special, you know, thing. Like, for example, someone will offer to pay you 50 gold, where 50 gold is, you know, X amount of currency. They uh, want to pay you 50 gold if you take their low-level character and run them through a given instance so they get experience. Right. Um, I just did an instance run tonight. I'm actually pretty happy about this. This guy wanted to do uh, this. It's almost like an Oktoberfest sort of thing it's, um, where you would have this option to run through and kill a bunch of these characters that show up in a bar. Yeah. And when they're all done, you all loot the corpse and decide what, you either need or greed, which is a rolling system on how to get loot from the drops. Right. And one of one of the guys was, and I talked with this guy yesterday because he, he he's offering to pay three hundred gold if everybody else doesn't try to roll on this one drop. And this drop was like um almost like a dinosaur, it's a kodo, which is like a um kind of like a dinosaur dragon thing right. that you would run around on. and It's a mount, which means just like, you know, you'd mount a horse, you'd, you'd you know, jump onto it and you'd um, use it to ride across um, the plains and whatever. Well, he offered 300 gold to everybody in the group if this mount dropped, and sure enough, it did. And he opened up the trade window and gave me 300 gold. And I was like, cool. That was the easiest 300 gold I'd made. And just, you know, as an example, I mean, certain quests give out gold. And right. Economy has its own auction house. And mm -hmm. I will often buy up some kind of ore. And because I've got a miner and a miner can do smelting, I go over to a forge and I can turn the ore into bars. Right. And sometimes the bars are worth less than the ore, and sometimes the ore is worth less than the bars. So before I went to work this morning, I looked for a specific kind of ore, bought two stacks of it, which is 20, 
20 pieces each and went and smelted those into a bunch of bars and threw them up on the auction house, hoping that I could make a profit of about 50 gold. And uh, if it sells, I'm sure it will. I mean, I'll make a, a profit of 50 gold. My raw cost on it was 78 gold, and I'll sell it for 130. So, 52? Yeah, yeah. 52 gold. <laughs> But the thing is, is you're, you, what are you, uh, I know previously we had talked about, or at least not on the podcast, but outside of the podcast, we talked about an epic mount, which costs some ludicrous amount of gold. That's Whereas, correct. You, know, you get the regular flying mount plus the epic flying mount is 8,800 gold last I checked. And I've already put, paid 1,000 gold uh, towards... Um, to getting the regular flying mount. So, right. yeah, I got a flying mount, and now I can fly around the cities. It's kind of cool, but I can't actually um, cast spells or fight or anything while right. I'm flying around. It's not combat. So <laughs> it would be nice, the, though. Will the epic flying mount allow you to do flying combat? I don't know. I don't honestly know. I'm sure someone does. <laughs> I haven't looked into it that much, but... Well, if one of our listeners knows, please write in. We'll uh, we'll post your comments on the podcast. <laughs> um, and if you send an MP3 along with your email, I may just drop the MP3 into the podcast. Uh, anyways, yeah, I mean, so yeah, there's it costs an obscene amount of gold, but here's this guy who's looking for something specific if it gets dropped, and willing to pay a good amount of gold out to the other players to compensate them for their time. Yep. Now that that's actually someone who I wouldn't mind playing with. <laughs> yeah, you know. right. I was pretty happy. So because uh, they, you can only use for this specific thing, you can only yeah. do this uh, quest like once per day per person. If you have a group of five, which it requires, right? In theory, you would go do it. You do it five times with the same group in total. Well, this guy paying 300 has already done it already, so it was really four. And uh, just the time after he got um, the item that he wanted, I actually got the one I wanted. So I was like, win-win. Nice. That's nice. great. I was pretty psyched. It was like a, a remote control that will transport me back into the bar whenever I want with a, a group of people. Now, can you get drunk at the bar? Of course. Well, hey, course. that that that's an item that people wish they would have in the real world. Uh, I mean, if I could a get bar? a transport, no, uh, an item <laughs> that'll transport people to the bar, that's you know, right. me and my friends to the bar automatically, you know, I'd mm. I'd be selling those like for, you know, it wouldn't it wouldn't <laughs> matter. I could name my price and people would be buying them. And that is quite but, an interesting item. But, you know, you also see the dark side of, of uh, the capitalism in WoW, too. And yeah. you do have people who are beggars. They'll post in trade chat. Oh, um, I hate You know, I, can, I, can I get 50 gold? I need 50 gold, or I need this, or I need that, and blah, 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 and, yeah, or exactly. whatever. And it's like, no. <laughs> and, but... <laughs> I guess it, that is the dark side of uh, 
the dark side of WoW, people begging and people bringing out the worst. Well, that's that's the, the dark side in any game. Oh, can I have free gold? Like, no, go out and get it yourself. I worked my butt off to get this gold. I'm not going to give it to you. You know, and you don't do anything for me. I'm going to you're going to give me something for it. Like, <laughs> whatever. I mean, that's capitalism. Now, I may I may want something that's a little less value than the gold because I want to complete a set or something, or I, need, right. I want something just because it's an item that I've been wanting, and I don't mind paying a premium for that item. But, you know, don't don't ask me to give you stuff all the time. I'm not going to do that. You know, you're going to tank for me? You know, is that, you know, I'll give you 50 gold. Are you going to tank for me so I can get this experience and you die six times instead of me? You know? Right. I, I don't mind that kind of, like, fair trade. You know, then I'll give you the 50 gold. Um, well, you know, they got to pay their uh, repair bills for uh, <laughs> fixing their armor after they, you know, it takes a ton of damage every run. Right, but, you know, you can actually, you're going to pick up that much gold on the run. I mean, I know the economy, you know, I don't play WoW, but you can, you usually pick, most games allow you to pick up enough equipment that you don't, your repair bill is kind of non-consequential. Right. Well, it does add up. I mean, the higher, the better, uh, higher up and better off you are, it really gets, you know, somewhat burdensome, but it, it's just the threshold where it may, you know, yeah, be bad. But speaking of which, you know, this, this brings us back to, uh, you know, things being bad and, derelict homeowners, you know, people who have, uh... The same principle. The same principle. <laughs> these people same, begging. These people same begging, people. Help me out. Help me. Pay my mortgage, please. Or, oh, I can't afford this. <laughs> Boo-hoo. What am I going to do? I, I totally... I think it's the same principle. It's it's these same people who are playing WoW who can't seem to make pay any their money. Mortgage? Can't pay their mortgage. <laughs> you know, it... it whether it's the same type of person or it's the parent of the twelve-year-old that I want to kick out of the, you know, that I want to go assassinate, um, you know, or whatever, they're learning it from somewhere. I think it's the same type of person. Are in some cases the same people. Oh, boo-hoo! You know, the bail me out. You know. Well, <laughs> it takes all crowds. It takes all kinds. Yes, it does. <laughs> it does. You hear what about the hundred and twelve year old man? No, I ha I wait a minute. I did hear something about it, but I don't nothing specific. Oh, uh, well, I guess this guy uh lives uh, he's alive and kicking and he was a coal miner and I guess he uh he he said the secret of life is to uh, stay active in both mind and body and that's well, that it. Makes sense. You know, he stays active, and as long as you keep it busy, and I guess it's important to you know keep busy. So maybe the quality of life at 112 is going to be much better. Personally, I'd like to live forever, um, <laughs> but I, w I would hope that I could at some point be able to restore my youth, <laughs> living at such a long time. I mean, it'd be kind of funny to you know see the end of the universe. Uh, if, in fact, it does ever happen to be a spectator. Well, I kind of look at it like, you know, we do have the technology to transplant a head. Um, 
so, you know, with some help, you know, I can grow a genetically similar body, if not regrow my body, and transplant my head onto another body. That means I only have to worry about keeping my mind uh, active and the mind uh, knowledge, and I should be able to live on for at least another life, at least another 40 years. Uh, see, I don't like the sound of that. I mean, I think the idea of butchering your head off of your body, whether or not it, it's, you know, good or bad, just doesn't appeal to me. I kind of like to be able to have my body repaired with me still in it, without severing anything and dealing with any other butcher-like practices to do it. Okay, okay, I can understand that. And that technology is a few years off, too. Um yeah. Just the transplanting the head is a little uh, closer of a uh, option. Ready for the deep freeze, uh, you and Ted Williams. Hey, hey, hey! Out. You can't be unfrozen, so uh, we've got to develop the technology to unfreeze you before you know it's worth getting frozen. Um, Do you really want to know what the world's gonna be like when you're unfrozen? I don't like the idea of, of the freeze and <laughs> being out of it for any length of time, really. <laughs> yeah, because I'd be kind of like scratching my head trying to catch up on everything for a couple of months. And, you know, unless you had some sort of way of per perpetually maintaining your money source, you know, you're going to be flat broke when you get unfrozen. If well, not, somebody's going yeah. to... Or, wor or worse, somebody's going to try to transplant their debt onto you because you don't know what's going on. Right. So, you know. But you don't want to wake up in a hospital room with a bunch of people in lab coats around you. Either. I, I don't know. I, I, did, I, I did have. It, it's kind of creepy in a thought, but, you know, half of those people in lab coats are usually uh, pretty good looking female. Uh, female uh, interns so you know when they're picking you over it's not too too bad um yeah you know so i've got to say you know my experience in the hospital was you just it was just who showed up when you who showed up waking you up uh, that made the difference in how i felt about the people in the lab coats in my room honestly <laughs> Uh, that's just my opinion of that whole situation. So, um, uh, 112 is a long time. I mean, I've got relatives who lived the late 90s. Uh, I know my great uncle lived to 107, and he gave up his smoking and drinking in his 90s. And, and that's what killed him? Oh, yeah. Well, you know, does it really matter at that point? I mean... Well, why bother giving up anything? You're obviously doing something right or having, you know, enough of what would be wrong not happening at all. Do whatever you want at that point, right? That's how I see it. Yeah, that is true. If you're, you're 100 and you're still smoking and drinking and you've done it your whole life, keep doing it because it's not going to kill you. Yeah. It's probably what's helping you stay alive. <laughs> Well preserved. Yep. Well, it's true. The alcohol actually um, removes the plaque from your arteries. Oh, really? Yeah. 
Whoa, it's like, like flossing, perhaps? Uh, sort of like dissolving. It sort of like uh-huh. it dissolves the plaque in your arteries. Huh. It, it, that's why red wine is... Red wine's the best one for doing it. Why the French don't have heart disease, I guess. Because um, they're all drunk on red wine, but... Um, <laughs> they don't have time for our disease. They get drinking to do. <laughs> yeah. Oh, we're going to go drink our wine. Um, but... <laughs> Uh, and really something I need to get into. But uh, I guess that's Drinking the... wine? Well, drinking red wine, because, you know, it removes the plaque from your arteries. Yeah, yeah, I've heard that before. Yeah, so... <laughs> you know, that actually will extend your life in moderation. Well, in the past couple of years, I've actually started drinking Pinot Noir, which is supposed to be the best in terms of red wines for... You know, the heart. And uh, right. it's funny, all these things that, that are considered heart healthy lately, omega-3s and, and red wine and fish, and well, which is, has the omega-3s, I guess. And uh, what else we got? What else? Uh, uh, oatmeal. Oatmeal is good for the heart. Right. Uh, oats and fiber and all this other fun stuff. And, yeah. Well, they found that going back to that natural or going back to the uh a non ready made diet but use you putting things together yourself is really what was the better diet. Uh and wine has always traditionally been a part of the diet just because of of the need to avoid drinking you know, water wasn't always worth drinking. Uh and the alcohol sterilized the the liquid. Yep. So wine's always been part of the diet, and now we found that, well, not only is it, it keeps you from getting dysentery, but it keeps you from getting heart disease. Mm. Um, so it's kind of an I find it kind of an interesting um, pairing there. Mm. So, hmm. It's supposed to be good for your health. I mean. Drink up. <laughs> yeah. Hey. It should be. I mean, they say in, they all say it's in moderation and you don't get behind the wheel, but, you know, hey, if I'm home for the evening, I might as well drink up. <laughs> well, you know, the, the, the other heart thing that has made a lot of news lately is aspirin. And yeah. I kind of, I think it's funny because aspirin, in effect, is a blood thinner. So if you got your sinus headache, your migraine, or whatever you got right. going on, right. aspirin, you know, is really there for you, and of all of the drugs that have been, you know, deemed fit for medical use in the past thousand years, it's had the most testing, and it's been, in, in, at least in the past couple hundred years, it stood the test of time. And it's one of the best for you. Uh, as yeah. far as it doesn't rot your stomach out like the other over-the-counter drugs do, um, you, and it actually has a benefit for your heart to take aspirin. Yep. Um, so what yeah. do you think of that long list of side effects, though? I mean, all these drugs, you watch them on TV, you hear them on the radio, and it's to solve one problem, and they list like 20 side effects, isn't right. that like doing more harm than good? I believe in a lot of instances it is. If you overuse any drug or any substance, you're going to have a harmful effect. Now, 
Even Benadryl? Um, I'm not sure about Benadryl. I know I take a decent amount of it. Um, but you get dependent on it. You got to use more of it to get the same result. Mm. You know, I think we talk about this. I take a little more Benadryl than you do from time yeah. to time for my allergies because I do have seri- rather serious allergies. Uh, and Benadryl is one of the few drugs that has a, the least amount of side effects uh, to take. Yeah. Well, uh, you know, it, it's it's one of those you know uh, things that you could also almost view as recreational. I mean, even though it isn't, mm. but <laughs> Benadryl put you in a weird state of mind. <laughs> well, <laughs> it really late. It, it puts and you, you in a tired. If you throw some caffeine at yourself, you throw caffeine at the problem with the Benadryl, you're high as a kite. <laughs> True. I usually find it makes me ma- really tired and puts me to sleep. Right. Um, but if you took, like, you know, double doses of coffee along with your Benadryl. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> to try to stay awake. <laughs> but there was a bit, there has been a few times where I've uh, taken Benadryl and actually it's woken me up because it got rid of all of my allergies and I, instead of being hazy, I was... Um, Clear? I was clear and, and like, whoa, I'm like wide awake. Hmm. So. So what do you think about the uh, question two coming was, up? We got questions one, two, and what, three, perhaps? Yeah. Question two is the decriminalization, I think, of marijuana. You? I I err on the side of caution on this one. Yeah. I I'm not big for decriminalizing marijuana. I I'm more big on let you know your idea of let's go open up a prison and and make a buck on it. Oh. <laughs> you know, open up a private prison and let's make a buck on on this problem. Well, uh, I think what might make a lot of sense though is that. You know, if you want to have a decriminal, I mean, it's it's sort of a stepping stone for politically. But yeah. you know, I think if anything, perhaps the uh, purchase of and sale of marijuana could be used to defray the cost of taxation amongst mm. everybody else. If you could, you know put it to use in a way that benefits more than the select few who might want to go do it. Right. Almost an inversion of the welfare uh, economy. Yeah. I, I don't know. I mean, I, I do... There is a piece I agree that if we make it legal, we can tax the the junk out of it and, you know... Well, I think the other part of it is, you know, we have such a bad economy now. I think it's always kind of funny to see socially, you know, like social uh, problems start to, you know, be solved. I mean, 
But yeah. the economy is so bad that you might want to do, go and do some drugs is one of the thoughts that come to mind of the prospects of either a McCain or Obama administration. Right. Because neither one of them are going to fix the messes that we've got on such a you know grand level that, hey, everybody's going to feel good about it. Well, I got the ballot questions up here. Um, I found uh, somebody who's actually listing them. And, uh, oh, and I did want to get back to question two. I should say that I was thinking about it. I have seen Amsterdam. I've been to Amsterdam. I've seen the red light district where you can buy pot on the street. Um, and, you know... I, what I thought was funny is where where there's a pot bar next door, there's a uh, French fries place that's selling fries all night. Because <laughs> um, you you know you get the munchies after you uh, get stoned. Um, it's like uh, putting a candy store next to the dentist's office. Exactly. Yeah. Um, and that's exactly what it was. Um, <laughs> it, and they had the Dutch had a. A really interesting take on it, because I met this Dutch girl on the way over there and was talking to her. And she's like, you know, it's really the foreigners who come here to get stoned. We don't even, we don't even care about this, you know. And the, and for the most part, the prostitutes in the red light district were all ugly. Um, you really wouldn't want to sleep with them anyways. Uh so, so perhaps making a lot of the what would have been normally seen as evils of society legal right. will probably benefit society as a whole because the appeal isn't there anymore. Right. It's sort of like, you know, you say no to a kid, the kid's going to want to do it just because he wants to find out what it is. Yeah. You know, basically what they've done is they've made it all legal, you know, and nobody really cares because it's, oh, it's just something you can do down the street. Um, though it's not, it's quasi-legal, I guess, is their their things. They just have zones and cities that are not, where the, the laws aren't enforced. Well, this, I want to relate this to the whole windmill issue and uh, our buddy there named NIMBY, you know, not in my backyard. Right. Um, are there a lot of people that would look at this issue kind of like NIMBY or because we're not really putting up anything yep. or making anything that really is physically in your backyard, but, you know, the impact would be felt maybe when, oh, you know, kids who were walking around that used to be in their, you know, drug-free school zone within a thousand feet or whatever of their school zone, you know, I mean, when they come home and say, hey, the drug dealer walked by, um, I wanted to try uh, something or other. Right. Well, those drug-free zones are gonna, are, aren't going to change. They didn't change in, in uh, Amsterdam, you know. There's still going to be those areas. It's just you're going to have specific areas where you can go pick up the pot, you know. Um, in actuality, you won't have, you know, you'll eliminate that dealer on the street. Uh, or at least for pot, you'll eliminate that dealer on the street. Um, what do you think of the zoning thing? I mean, they, they did it with the school and the drugs. and They got these free speech zones in some places, right? Uh, what, the, like, you can go as fast overkill? as... Overkill? 
Uh, well, yeah, it's overkill because the kids are just getting bombarded with things that they just don't understand. And they're like, oh, you know, you... And then this, this, you know, it brings me back to where we started, this crap that if your kid is on an IEP and has got some sort of special ed plan against a kid who's just a normal kid, the kid on the special ed plan gets sent to an alternative school and the normal kid just gets expelled for the same infraction of bringing drugs on school. Uh. My, my honest opinion is why the crap is one kid being made special over another and that bugs the crap out of me um in that you know there are certain kids that get away with that crap knowing full well that just because they have an IEP they can get away with anything um you know part of this welfare society we're teaching so um kids in school it'll probably never be legal for them anyways so it isn't going to matter. Um, and I don't know. But there are a lot of schools that have, you know, restrictions of what banned or prohibitive, prohibitive items are, and they can't, you know, bring this or that to school or whatever. Yeah. Yeah, I know, like it's guns, knives. Go away. And, yeah, that's never going to go away. Yeah, I mean... You know, would gun violence go down if every child had a gun in school, you know? Well. You know, would that call Would gun violence by... go down if every child had a marijuana cigarette? I mean, <laughs> <laughs> what do you want our kids to do here? <laughs> I don't know. There, There is one piece of the, uh, of the marijuana that people don't like, you know, the people who are in favor of this don't like to talk about, and this is why I'm very hesitant to be... My position is let's decriminalize marijuana just so easily is the yeah. fact that it does actually help the causation of breaking people's mental state. There are certain people that are susceptible to mental illness that when they start on pot, if they had never used pot, wouldn't have been mentally ill or wouldn't have been that severely mentally ill, but because they were using it, made it that, you know, yeah, made them worse. Yeah, the needs of the, the many outweighing the needs of the few. I mean, or the one, <laughs> if you want to get all technical. Uh, I mean, we have to pay for criminals. Right. In jail on marijuana charges, period. It's a felony. It's uh, a, you, know, you know, the funny part about this is it's a federal felony, and these people who are in jail aren't getting out because we decriminalized it. Guess what? You're, it's a federal offense, and you're you're still going to stay in there. You know, they decriminalized it in California, and those people still didn't get out because it, it's not a, a it's a federal sentencing guideline, not a, a state sentencing guideline. So this is really it's just the cop on the street not enforcing yeah. it anymore. So we're but not you're adding saying people. It's a guideline. I mean, that's like the MSRP on a on a car or something. I mean, yeah, it's, or the speed limit. It's suggested. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So I mean, how no, no, they're 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 mandatory sentencing guidelines. They're not. You you get busted, deal, and you're going away for ten years, no matter what it is. Oh. Well. Good to know, I guess. Yeah. 
but not in my backyard. Right. So <laughs> I, I, my personal thing is I've seen what marijuana can do to people. Yeah. And to say that it, I know the side effects aren't 100%, but on the other hand, I've seen enough people to realize marijuana isn't the greatest thing in the world, and nor would I be doing it, even if it was legal. Yeah. Um you know, it's not, it's something that I wanted, I would be wanting, I'd be wary and be careful of decry of making legal. What do you feel about tobacco? Well, do I, should I, to reveal my position on this, I must, do I need to list the uh, reasons why I feel the way I do that tobacco should be, uh, that we should lower the taxes on tobacco so that we can generate more tax money by uh, by more sales. Um, tobacco is a legal specific, product. Tobacco as long is a, as you don't give any specific recommendations in any given capacity, I think you're pretty safe to say your reasons. Well, yeah, true. Dividends are a great thing. Um, <clears throat> For the and, uninitiated, that implies that there are a certain number of stock shares sitting in the portfolio of, of uh, one, one uh, other uh, uh, radio personality here. <laughs> yes, that is very true. Um, and, and, and it's a very large percentage of my portfolio. Um, uh, and, and, and so they they consistently raise their dividends no matter what, you know, in, and, and I don't care, you know, I, it, it's really odd. It's changed my view on things. In some ways I know this is bad. I don't care. I see a 15 year old smoking. I'm like. Keep going, buddy. Keep going. <laughs> well, would your pers- well, there are other reasons to encourage tobacco use, and they're not for health, obviously. Right. <laughs> they're for economic problem solving. But well, you know, would your perspective change any if you know that some of your favorite tobacco companies wanted to add marijuana to their product lineup and increase your revenues? Well, now that that would actually uh that would actually I think get me on the side would would probably get me. I mean, if that was going to increase my revenues and my dividends, I might change my mind on what on what side I come down on the marijuana issue. Um you you agree that people who use regular cigarettes should be able to do whatever they want in their home so long as it doesn't harm anybody else. Oh, you no, know, no, 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 Without government invading I, their bedroom, bathroom, or kitchen. I, look, you, you better take that harm somebody else out of here because the government's trying to say that you're harming your child by smoking in your own home. Um, so I've seen that approach by judges bef- in, in the past. Can they prove it? Uh, yeah, well, they say they can. Um, well, now, this actually goes back to the property issue. And... Um, you know, I, I kind of, uh, I've come up with some thoughts in this area a while back. And, you know, historically, if you look way back, people were property, whether you like it or not, okay? But 
up until the past hundred years or so, you look at if you were to have children, yeah. in the eyes of the law, and in in other cultures, this is especially more seen. So, your children are your property. Well, that was the case in America until recently, you know, and that included your wife. You wanted to go hit your wife? Well, that's you know, just don't do it in public. You know, it wasn't until re until this. Until recently, I you know, and I don't promote the hitting of your wife, please, anybody. No. Uh, just want to make that. No, there is no endorsement of that whatsoever. There is no the endorsement of that. Huh? Yes, there is no endorsement of that, and I actually <laughs> I look down upon that very heavily. But on the other hand, taking away our constitutional rights, um, you know, that was one of our rights and one of the things we could go do. Uh, you know. Somehow I don't remember that part of the Constitution, but I'll, I'll uh, give you a little leeway to come up with the actual details that you're referencing. Well, it was sort of like if it's in your own home and not seen in public, it, what? how can it be a crime? Um, oh, okay. It's against your own property. How can you commit a crime against your own property? Um, right. You know, now that we don't think of women as property, um, you know, you you kind of can commit a, a crime against the woman in your own home who is who but you're married to. But now we view children not necessarily as property of us. Right. But property of the state. Right. Well, yeah, that's because the state has, you know, Democrats have a vested interest in making them the property of the state because they want to make them addicted Democrats. Well, not just that, though. I mean, they they want them to be the property of the state, and I'm I'm looking at the scope of state, not democratic Massachusetts. I'm looking at it as government in general. When they hit 18, and you you know, right. you're you're now the property of the uh, U.S. Marines or U.S. Army because you went into selective service. Oh yeah. You know, um, not of your own choice, per se. You are the property of the government. You are not the property of your parents. And that brings up a very interesting property issue altogether. Mm. How so? Well, I mean, what what right do you have? I mean, these are, if you're 18, you can't drink, but yet you can die for your country. Or you could die on the whim of a politician who sends a group of people like you of your age bracket out to a war, for example. Yeah. And and there was a reason why until the 70s, or until after Vietnam ended, that the drinking age was 18. Because a lot of senators, and a lot of them still today, feel... If I'm going to be able to send you off to war and you're going to go fight and die for me, you're a man. You're not, you know, mm. you know, you should be allowed to drink. Um, it's kind of interesting that uh, because Iraq has a law against alcohol, they can't have any alcohol in country. Um, heard some interesting stories about how they ship it in country when they and how Listerine bottles uh, are used. To ship alcohol. <laughs> well, I can't imagine it tasting that good in a Listerine bottle, but hey. 
Well, you're replacing it with vodka. I mean, it's pretty much just our stronger liquid. That's yeah, clear. but every beverage isn't as best when it's shipped in plastic. Uh, actually, they used the, they used the glass li- they used the glass Listerine bottles, so they break oh. in shipment. <laughs> oh well, that, that's different. That's right. important. Yeah, important distinction. Um, so it's interesting to see how people do that. Um, so, you know, it's this war is a little bit different in the fact that, you know, most. Wait, 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 wait a sec. What war? There's a war. Oh, sorry. This, this, yes, I do consider <laughs> it a war. Is that? Well, actually, it isn't really a war because we haven't totally kicked, you know, put our boot heel to their necks like we should have. Um, but well, we were talking about you know things we haven't heard of in a while. I'd like to expand on that here. You know, we, there was a war on drugs. Right. There was a war on terror. Yep. And pretty soon we should probably have a war on welfare. Maybe. Um. I would like to see it, but I don't think it's going to happen. How about a war on corporate bailouts? How about a war on, on government bailouts? Can we have one of those? Will they get behind that? The war on... Oh, or is it a war on personal responsibility when we're supposed to cave in to the soft, creeping socialism coming through? That, that's really what's going on, is the war on personal responsibility. I think that's really where we're at. Right now. Yeah. It's a shame. It is a shame. It is a shame. It is a shame. It is a shame. All right. Well, Well, on that lovely note, I think we should probably wrap things up and save the fun for later. Well, yeah, I mean, we've been going at this for an hour and 31 minutes, so uh, with three separate entries now so I uh, should be able to create a couple of three more podcasts from this and if uh, people would like to uh, have us talk about more specific areas that they want to hear our views on uh, feel free to contact us yes and uh, our email address is podcast at lordclark.com uh, you can always send emails there we will be getting a uh, user forum up in the our user message board up in the uh, near future um, so we're getting a little bit more technically inclined, and uh, once I, we get enough users there, we might actually uh, open up a uh, a phone call, a phone number for you guys to call in and uh, leave messages for us to uh, to play on the air. Again, thank you for listening to the podcast. If you have any comments, please email them to podcast at lordclark.com, and please visit our forum at lordclark.com slash podcast slash lordclark and friends. Thank you.